Clarabelle A. Ortega, author of Ghost Squad and Witchlings. And I'm Kat Show, author of the Kumiho Duology and Once Upon a K-Prom. And this is Write or Die. I don't know what song that was, but it sounded like the the like death song, the, well, the song they played during like funerals or something. Yeah, I guess that's how it began. But then um, I changed my mind. I'm you didn't sorry. Want to be so sad and depressing. Yeah, I'm sorry if I sound a little weird. I am recovering from COVID. I am mm-hmm. fine, but I'm still sort of like congested and stuff. So. Um, yeah, sorry. So yeah, sick Clarabelle on today's sick Clarabelle. episode. <laughs> you're you're rallying and yeah. actually recording an episode while yeah. you are still sick. So that's I'm sure the listeners all very much appreciate. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. It's been kind of a wild beginning of 2022. Mm-hmm. Lots been um, going on. A lot of stuff has been going on. I'm kind of like dazed i'm like in this like weird place right now i don't know if it's because i just like technically took like almost a whole entire year off from having to do any promotion for books (laughs) Mm, yeah i think probably that is part of it and probably another part of it is that like everything is like so much right now there's like so much going on um Uh and so many like sort of terrible things at once um Mm -hmm that it's hard to function normally and i think it's good to continue to remind ourselves that like it's not normal times and if we can't like if we can't do the kind of work that we were doing before like the pandemic started like that's okay <laughs> you know what i mean i think we're we're still and obviously like you know in terms of me like i've had to ask for like extensions and stuff for a ton of extensions and stuff for like my work but um and my publishers have been like really uh, my editors have been really understanding and everything like that they still have to like get stuff done um but it's it's very difficult to to still function on, on the same sort of schedule and like with the same expectations as when things were going normally, because like in the best of times, it's really hard to make things work. Um, and we're doing that like when everything is so uncertain and things are still being canceled, like people's tours are being canceled again now. Yeah, I've seen people say that like they're on like the second or third tour that they've had to cancel yeah. because of the pandemic. I mean, it's hard when you can't have to cancel promo for just one book right like I had to I, I we both had to but um cancel stuff you know when the pandemic first started because we both had books that came out in 2020 and I I remember us like talking about it and just being like really sad like and and it sucks because like it was your debut and I you know f- like even though it was the second book I was releasing there were certain things that was going to be the first thing I time I ever got to do something that would have been like a dream event like the first time I was invited to book con you know to be yeah. on the panel or you know just just things like that that like really make you sad and then you say okay but that's okay because you know the next book right but then now you're seeing people having you know the next book that they were looking forward to are also having to cancel things it just really I think it's interesting because when you were just talking about like 
it's okay to um, not uh, have the same level of output as you did before the pandemic. Yeah. I agree a thousand percent. But I think that there's a level of guilt that I feel. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. Because it's been so sustained. Like I, I was able to get through the first year of the pandemic to be like, okay, I need to forgive myself. I can be like behind on things and then I'll catch up. Like we'll all catch up eventually. But now that it's going on, we're start, we're like, you know, about to finish out the second full year of a pandemic. If you, I think the guilt is starting to seep in again for me. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that I know it's not any of our faults, you know, but like it's still because it's been so long. Right. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's almost like we're expected to adjust to this new normal. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really hard because like when like like there's there's sort of like when things started, there was this sort of hope of like, okay, well, at least the next book won't be like that. But there are people going on like multiple books like that have come out like during the pandemic and it's like there's no longer that like anchor to hold on to that like for the next one it'll be good because we just don't know right yeah um like i yeah. would have never thought that witchlings would still be in danger of like not having an in-person launch like mm-hmm. there's no way i would have been like there's no way you know yeah. that it's gonna go on for like two years but it has and we just don't it's very hard to muster sort of like the enthusiasm to do the hard part when all of the really like the rewards not all of them but many of them are being like watered down or taken away yeah um so it's it's really it's really difficult it's really really difficult right now to like create like imagine being creative in that kind of atmosphere (laughs) where like everything's so up in the air and um Mm -hmm. Really, I think a lot of us are really traumatized, too. Like, I remember um, getting emails where it was like, this is canceled. Now this is canceled. Like, cancel your flight. Like, like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it's just like, I'm watching it happen again. And yeah. it's just so frustrating because, like, none of this had to be. It was all things that we could have been done with a long time ago. But, like, you know held hostage by stupid people so here we are (laughs) yeah i mean we're not going to get into the politics of of the pandemic on this podcast but i i do do agree that it gets really really frustrating because you're trying to do everything right and you feel it feels so futile when like there's other people who don't who don't care as much about the world and their community as you do and are letting this happen yeah like willfully letting it happen um but yeah i mean yeah i'm we're talking about in-person stuff cautiously optimistic for uh once upon a k-prom we'll see if it happens I yeah mean, i i i don't want to be one of those naysayers who's like well i'm not gonna hope because it's definitely gonna get canceled because i i just can't live my life that way yeah like, just the way that i am i have to be able to be like mm. maybe it could be good um just for my own mental health um to some of it is just me trying to trick myself into being positive (laughs) um but yeah no i it's been it's been a hot second since i did promo 
So I'm trying to figure out timelines. So it's been so long since I did active promo of a new book coming out, not like a paperback edition or something like that. So I am trying to figure out what timelines I used to use. Because <laughs> I had, I did, I actually had like these, these like things where I was like, I think this will be a good time to announce like, the cover reveal or this would be a good time to announce the pre-order campaign or or the launch event or things like that like I I think I was just like had done so much research and watched so many people do it because I think you do that a lot when you're excited to yeah. experience it yourself that I was like oh I know I I get I have a feel for when people do it but now because um I, I've been taking a lot of social media hiatuses for my own mental health and productivity I kind of like don't know when people are doing things for promo yeah um and i'm i'm trying to figure out when to do when to announce certain things i i actually made a spreadsheet don't make fun of me <laughs> I'm not, i would never i would never make fun of you or be surprised that you made a spreadsheet <laughs> because you make them for everything i made a spreadsheet to calculate when i announced things for both wicked fox and vicious spirits so that I can guesstimate when I want to announce it for K-Prom. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I can't help it. It's just how my brain works. There's like a certain part of my brain that's very numbers based and, and I can't turn it off. Um, I, and let me just say for everyone, do, you do not have to do this. In fact, I think that the fact that I did this was like kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I just, I was like, when would people want to know if there's a pre-order campaign or if there's a tour or if there's a this or that, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Times are so different now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess just like, I just go by like, when can I tell people about it? And is there anything else going on that would sort of like water down an announcement? Like if mm -hmm. it's like. A, an election day or if it's like <laughs> there's something like a big hubbub like if if like an article that like everybody's talking about and like really feverishly has come out I, I think that is probably like the hardest part of like not being connected to anything and like knowing when to do what because you mm -hmm. have to sort of like have your ear to the to the book streets or whatever um <laughs> to figure out like if it's like a bad timing um but i think like one quick like scroll of twitter will like tell you everything you need to know mm -hmm. um and i just do it whenever i sort of feel that it's a good idea like i have certain rules in terms of like when i post things like i always check like what time the most like the majority of my followers are on a particular website yeah. Like for Twitter, like I find noon um Eastern time to be fine for me. Mm -hmm. Um like TikTok will be like a little later. Uh Instagram noon is also fine, but I usually do it like in between, so like I stagger them. Um ah, okay. In terms of like time like during the day and in terms of which day it's just like w like whenever I can say it. Like the moment that I'm allowed to announce something, I usually do. Um <laughs> Unless it's, like, way too early to the point where it's, like, going to clash with another project. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Especially because you're under contract for so many different projects. Right, right. You do have to figure out the timing just, like, with your in your own 
schedule for like multiple different things. I think that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's like the things where I, I, I agree, actually, I really like that philosophy too, because it's kind of like out of your hands. It's like whenever your publisher, you know, finishes designing the cover, mm-hmm. that's when the cover is ready to be revealed. Yeah. If you're doing it yourself, which which I do think a lot more people are doing it themselves now. Yeah. Um, I think the days of the like, it has to be hosted kind of cover reveals are, are, are waning. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great, actually, because I do think like it created this, whether it was intentional or not, this idea of like, oh, you got this to host your cover reveal. And then like people who like did it on their own blog felt bad. That's um, like that's like everything with publishing, though, right? It's like, oh, you yeah. got this. That means your book is important. Like you got a six book deal, like yeah, a six book deal, a six figure deal. Well, dude, uh, a six book deal is also that's big. also big. A I big just, deal. <laughs> you know, one thing about that, like, I just wish that like people realize like the the amount of marketing or money you get for a book is not indicative of like either the book or your worth and Uh I think that's important to remember that's like not to diminish people who get a lot of money for their books it's just to say like it's still really up to readers and obviously Mm. if you got a lot of money for your book you're going to get more marketing which means your book is a lot more likely to succeed but Mm -hmm. I hate when like that importance is like shifted to the person as like an author because they're getting more things it's like Please calm down. Anyway, that was like a mini little tangent, but <laughs> no. Well, I agree, and but that's the thing, though. When it, it, uh, that is always in the back of my mind too, with like doing some of my own promo. Like, t- t- I I do want to give the caveat that I had an amazing publicity team um, for at Penguin for Wicked Fox and Vicious Spirits, and I love my publicity team at Disney already for Once Upon a K Prom. Like, they're definitely you know, making me feel taken care of and everything like that, you know. Um, but I I think that in terms of like what, you know, I, I like to be involved to, too. Um, I know that like some people like feel kind of like lost in the like, oh, what what is promo? What can I do? What's effective? Blah, blah, blah. I don't get I don't get caught up in the whole like, oh, will this actually sell more books? It's more like, is this fun for me? And does this help me connect to my readers yep. and my community? Because yep. that's something that like in the moment you get immediate gratification. Right. Um, so that is really how I think about personal promo. Um, and I find it to be a much healthier approach for myself. Um, but yeah, so like when it comes to like, oh, when can I announce like this really fun news and should I make a graphic and should I make a, a video or like, you know, should I use a lot of emojis or whatever? Like that's not because I think like I'm going to sell bo- as many books as my publisher can <laughs> with their publicity. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all down to my mood, to be honest. I'm yeah. completely the same way. And I've always been that way when it comes to promo like I just do what's fun for me Mm -hmm. um and I don't try to make anything sort of like formulaic I just do whatever feels correct um for me at the time and that way it feels like less of a chore I know that it can still feel like a lot of work especially like me like I'm really hard on myself whenever I make something like it has to be really cool to me it has to look 
really yeah. nice. Like, I can't just, like, half-ass anything. I have to, like, go above and beyond whenever mm-hmm. I make, like, a video or a graphic or whatever. So, but that's, like, self-imposed. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me being annoying, right? Uh- <laughs> Well, I, I, I do also kind of want to make sure that, like, I am providing information to my followers in a way that's convenient to them. Um, because going back to that whole entire thought process of, like, it's a way for me to connect to my readers and my community. So I do – that's – I think that is one of the things that I allow myself to stress out about. Um, be, but I But it goes into the whole thing of, like, I want to make sure, like, I'm having – nice positive interactions yeah with, for sure with my readers sure um you know I, I i can't deny the fact that sometimes i do overthink things and i let myself get really stressed and anxious about things um but i'll also say like i i kind of like like to like to look at like how far i've come in terms of like making um graphics on my own or taking bookstagram photos like oh my gosh I remember when I first started taking bookstagram photos and it was just like the jankiest thing like I just threw whatever I had together which honestly I like that's that's fair because like I don't think people should have to be spending a lot of money to take a nice photo of your own books um but now like I I look at my photos now and I'm like oh my gosh they're so much nicer I'm so proud of myself (laughs) That's really good. I think your photos are great. And yeah, it is like people who like go hardcore on Bookstagram, like that's such a skill because yeah, you have to like have these props and know how to set them up and have the right lighting and like all these things go into that to make it something interesting that people are going to want to see. But it's, it is wild. How many skills aside from writing you're expected to have? Oh my gosh, yes. When you're an author, because it's like, you have to do all of these different things. And we both have big teams behind us, and Mm -hmm. we're still doing tons of stuff. And that just goes to show how much work goes behind making a book a success Mm -hmm. and like bringing it to the forefront of people's minds. Because like, I can tell you Scholastic is doing tons of shit for witchlings behind the scenes. They're doing so many things, but... I still feel like I want to be engaged with my readers in the way that like they're sort of like used to me being engaged with them, which Mm -hmm. that could change over time. You know what I mean? Um, And I'm sure it will because I'm going to get tired at some point. Um, You're already tired, Clarabelle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over here like trying not to cough. Um, But um, but but, you know, it's it's just it's just it is a lot of work and. I, I, I do think that like, maybe sometimes we are too hard on ourselves as authors. Like, I think part of it is like the, 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 the feeling of not having control over anything uh, that's happening behind the scenes makes us want to work harder on the things that we can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's fine to like have those tools in order so that it's for you to feel like you have some sort of say. But then I think if you're not careful, that can become its own full-time job and like an obsession you know and like when the truth is like we know obviously like social media to me in my opinion does make a difference but like what a publisher does is always gonna be more because they have more money they have like a more access to like outlets and like skill and a big team and all of that mm-hmm. um so i i've 
I've tried to remind myself, especially in these times where everything's so much harder to handle and deal with, that it's okay to like pull back and like rely on others, um, yeah. and to like let let the let the the sort of like trust the process basically like let things unfold Mm -hmm. the way that they're meant to unfold and Mm -hmm. and just cross your fingers and hope for the best and not like put so much pressure on yourself like oh i didn't do this so that's why this didn't happen you know it's like there's only so much we could do we're trying to survive in this crazy crazy world (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i agree i i'm enjoying it a little bit the promo um and so i'm just trying to hold on to that um but yeah like i whether for better or worse like i'm very fully aware of like how how hit and miss an author's personal promo can be with like actually moving the needle for sales yeah um and and that it's not our fault. Like, we're, it's not, it should not be our full responsibility. Like, whether a book sales are considered successful or not. Because at the end of the day, like, our publisher has way more control over that. Um, and, and I think, like, because I'm at this place where, like, I fully accept that, promo on a whole is... Um, it's not as daunting to me anymore. Yeah. I just can't figure out when to post things. That's it. <laughs> just post them whenever your heart tells post you to. Whenever. That's my advice. Yeah. Or just true. ask me, should I, when should I post this? And I'll tell you exactly when. Good. I'm going to start. I'm just going to start messaging you all the time now. Just make a spreadsheet of all the things you have to announce and I'll put dates in for you and times. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> It'll be so easy. You'll be like, time to post. Clairville told me. It's to good. I'm just going to pick like random ass dates too. No. <laughs> Election day. No. I'm going to go to a Korean fortune teller and they're going to tell me the auspicious dates. <laughs> Fine. Oh, goodness. We're so excited for our guest today. We have Deborah Falaye. Deborah is a Nigerian-Canadian young adult author. She grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, where she spent her time devouring African literature, pestering her grandma for folk tales, and tricking her grandfather into watching watching passions every night. I used to love passions. When she's not writing about fierce black girls with badass magic, she can be found obsessing over all things reality TV. Deborah currently lives in Toronto with her husband and their partner in crime, Yorkie Major. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Passions. What a a callback. Oh my gosh. Have you ever talked to Angie about it? Angie Thomas? Because Angie's obsessed with with passions I've seen, I've seen a few of her tweets and i'm just like we need to talk about this because when i see someone else that's obsessed with passions with me i just get so giddy like the obsession with passions is real like i'm actually watching it on youtube like i'm re-watching wow oh entire- my goodness. so uh we know part of the story for obvious reasons um yep. but for those who don't know what your publishing journey was like, can you tell us uh, what it was like, how you started writing, how you got your agent, that whole, the whole, the whole thing? Oh, my God. How, how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no. So 
I always say this first. I'm like, it's crazy for me to be having a book come out in 2022 because my journey started like 10 years ago. Like my journey started in 2012 um, with Blood Sign. Like I had just finished um, this contemporary YA and I had no idea what I was doing. But Shadow and Bone was the first book that I read. And I was like, wait, what, what, what is this? What is this magic? Like, what is this? Like, what is this book? Like, like someone else can actually, you can actually go into a book and create like these fascinating worlds and build these characters and have this magic. Like I was, I was all in for Shadow and Bone. And I was just like, I need to do this. Like, I want to do this. Like, I don't want to like write contemporary. I want to write fantasy. Yes. So uh, I came up with this idea because at the time, and this is funny because that's why I say like Blood Sign started in 2012. Uh, we had that movie, uh, 2012, like the end of the world movie, right? Oh, and wow. at the end of it, uh, they like, they arrived in Africa, right? Like that was like the new land. So um, I was like, yo, like all these people in Africa, like what are they going to do here? Like what's going to happen? You guys messed up your world, and now you're coming into this place. Like, what are Typical! You do? <laughs> oh, God. So no. I feel like, like my husband says, and he'll be like, Blood Sign is basically part two of, like, 2012. Oh, because gosh. it's like, what happens after? But it really is, because it's kind of like, that's where the idea, I feel like these ideas, like these little things that you kind of have in your head, and you don't even really know where they spring from. But I feel like that's really one of the places like Blood Sign really like came from. Like just that idea of like um, this world existing with the Orisha gods and like the descendants. But then you have uh, colonizers coming into this land and just, um, you know, doing doing what they do. And so um, that was like 2012. And I felt like during that process, I just I kind of I started to write. I started to, you know, put ideas on paper. I wanted to get to know this character a little bit more. Uh, I dug deeper into, like, my culture because at the time, I loved, like, stories about Orisha gods, but none of it existed. Like, it wasn't, you know, typical in, like, YA at the time. So I was very scared a bit. Like, oh, my God, am I? can I do this? Can I introduce these gods to, like, this space? Like, is that even possible? But I kept at it, and over the years, like, the story grew and whatnot. And then in 2000, and when was Pitch Wars? Like, 2017? Uh, I, I forget. Yeah. It's been, like, so long. But I think it was 2017. It was. Um, yeah, like, I found out about Pitch Wars, and I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean, like, you can get, like, people can help you? But I didn't think I had any shot. Like, when I tell you, people think this is crazy, but... I wrote, like, majority of the draft you guys read in, like, less than six weeks. Oh, and my gosh. When, when you, like, <laughs> yeah, in, like, less than six weeks, because over the years, I had, like, I kept trying to work on the book, and I kept at it, but I knew that I wasn't, like, I knew that I was still building my craft. So by the time Pitch Words came around, um... I wasn't really sure. Like, I'm like, do I have the potential to do this? Like, it's been so many years already. Can I do this? Can I actually finish this book? 
Um, and I got, you know, support from like a bunch of people and they're just like, you know what, just write whatever you can, just send it out, make sure the plot is there. And I was like, okay, fine, I'm just gonna do it. Six weeks, six weeks till like deadline. And I wrote and wrote and wrote, like chugging coffee after coffee, like pretty sure I drank, I don't even, I think the most coffee I drank in a day was like eight cups of coffee in a day <laughs> around Pitch Wars. And I sent it in and then obviously you guys know what happens next. The craziest thing, getting the email from you guys at the end of it and being like, we love this book. And I was like, wait, did they read? Did they actually read that? Did that actually happen? But, you know, it's like, it's weird in a way to look back at Pitch Wars and look at the draft you guys read. And I'm like, wow, they must have seen something in this book. They, they... They waded through all the muck and all the craziness of this book to really get into the story. And um, this is like the most I've like stuck is spoken in like a day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting you guys' um, edit letter and I started crying. Like oh, my no. husband was like holding me and I'm crying because I'm like, wow. Like 2012, 2017, so it's been five years. And I'm like, wow. Like these guys actually saw this book. They actually saw this story for what I've been trying to do this past five years. And I just burst into tears because writing is such like a lonely thing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it's just you and these words and years after years of trying to write them. And so for people to other people to read it and then be like, no, we we you're not crazy. Like, we know what you're trying to do. And that's what you guys' edit letter was for me at the time. Like, I remember one of the ones I hold on to was you guys had mentioned Quantico. And like doing like this, like, <laughs> like this, like, oh, like, you know, adding like some more like psychological like elements to like the training and I was like number one Quantico was my show at the time so when I hell yeah it's done like that's it this is it you guys know what we're talking about we're just gonna gonna run with it and then then, um you know the revision process started and and pictures was such a whirlwind like it was that 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 whole situation was crazy because you're basically going from spending years on a book to now there's like a ticking clock there's like a deadline and you have to have this book ready and agents are going to read it and there's all this pressure and it feels like we're like in this pit of like pressure and being told to like perform at like high speed right Mm -hmm. and I think over the years I've realized that as much as I want to say that I work well under pressure I think when you constantly have things just kind of digging at you, digging at you, it's it's easy to break and fall apart. And that was what it was for me at the time because I was I had also just gotten engaged and so I'm also planning like two weddings. And I'm like, how am I going to work on this book? How am I going to get this book done and get it ready while also doing this and with Nigerian weddings like it's crazy and all of those plans they fall on you so um obviously like you know we didn't we didn't have the book ready around 
the agent round, but we were still able to participate in it. And just seeing the response from like agents, like being like, I love this. I want this. I was like, I was kicking myself in the butt, number one, because I'm like, why is this book not ready? Why would you do this to yourself? Like, it was so hard. But it was also very rewarding for me to see that. Like, I felt really good and it made me feel so happy. Like, wow, okay, there's space out here for this book. Like, people actually want to read this. So now we fast forward into 2018. And I had to kind of put this book aside because of the weddings, two weddings. And I remember like, you know, um, Kat had reached out to me with like an opportunity at the time. And she was like, you know, are you interested in this? And I was like, okay, you know, cool. Like, it it sounds really great. Um, And we're flying to like Greece and I'm working, I'm working on this pitch, like while in in the airplane. And I remember finishing it and I asked like the, the stewardess and I was like, is there a way I can send this up? Because people are like waiting for this like pitch for me to send this. And she like points to the map and she's like, do you see this map? We're (laughs) over the ocean. There's no internet. (laughs) I was like, wow. Um, So we get to Athens at like 4am in the morning and I'm sending this thing off to Kat. Like, I'm so sorry. Here's it. Like, just do whatever you want with it. And crazy enough like everything worked out with that opportunity and things you know went great and it's like I remember reaching out to Clarabel at this point this is how integral you guys were with this process Aww. I remember reaching out to Clarabel and I was like this just happened um do you think I need an agent and Clarabel's like uh yes girl yeah. <laughs> yes, <we do. laughs> the answer is always yes and I was like wait a minute like blood sign is still not done how's this gonna work but <laughs> I had such little time um, to find an agent. So I knew that I wasn't, there wasn't, I wasn't going to be reaching out to like 30 agents or whatever. You know, I knew that it had to be really small and just really like, if these guys were to say yes, like miraculously say yes to me, I would jump at the opportunity. So I actually only queried like five people. And the response was crazy. Off of five chapters, off of five chapters of Blood Sign and like the one pitch of the other project. And they're like, yeah, like we love this. We want to work with you. And I was like, wait, are you sure? (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) You know, it was, it was mind blowing. Like, I know that that's not common. I know that it's not typical in publishing. You're supposed to have your book. You're supposed to have, you know, the full manuscript and everything. And I think if not for that opportunity, that side hustle or whatever <laughs> it wouldn't have worked out the way it did like I wouldn't have been like who like you you know you don't query agents with like an unfinished project but because of that and the time limit that was on that and the fact that I needed an agent to like negotiate that deal it was like I think it made them more receptive towards seeing it and I think with blood sign like those five chapters like I made sure I cleaned it up and everything was great and I had a synopsis to back it up like this is where the story is headed or whatever and um yeah like through that I met uh my you know former agent Victoria Marini and it was it was really great like I think the one thing I really appreciated about Victoria at the time um you know when this first started was just like her believing the story like she really understood what it was that I was trying to do with Blood Sign and she believed in it so much that she was like you know what Let's polish up the sample up. How many samples do you have? Let's polish it up. Let's take it out on sub. And I was like, wait, are you sure? It's still not done. <laughs> it's like, 
we only have 10 chapters, you know? Uh, but she believed in it so much and she made me feel so confident about that decision that we went out on sub. Like I came, I came from my honeymoon. We went on sub like mid November, like around like Thanksgiving, like in the U S and we got like offers within like a month, like less than a month. Everything was done. Like December 13, I believe like everything was all wrapped up and it was just the craziest thing for me. Like, wait a minute, did this just happen? Because a year before that, I was already thinking to myself, what is even happening here? Like, are you, is this something you want to pursue? Like, is this something that's going to work out? You know, so to kind of go like a year later and just have things change that dramatically, it was overwhelming, but in like the best way possible. Like, I wouldn't change that process at all for anything. So, yeah, that's like my long-winded little intro to publishing. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, and it's very, I, I like that your, that your journey wasn't as straightforward because I do think that it's really important for people to realize that even before you have an agent, even before you have a book deal, you can be networking. Like right. you can be meeting other people in the community, in the industry. And I think that a lot of people think like, I'm not a worthwhile person to be talking to about mm -hmm. talking about or talking to other people because I don't have this marker this arbitrary marker of success. And that I really want everyone to erase that from their minds. Yep. Like yeah. I, you know, like, uh, so yeah, obviously Clarabelle and I met D through, um, through pitch wars and, you know, like, so before that, like, obviously like we, you know, hadn't really interact, we hadn't interacted that much with each other or I'm, I'm not sure if we ever had. Um, and and got to and, and got to know you and got to know your writing so that by the time I was working in publishing and I was an editor in publishing and a project came around where like I needed a very specific voice, a very specific kind of writer. Dee was someone, one of the first people who came to mind. And that's why I reached out to you. Um, but like it all came about because you put yourself out there. You connected yeah. with us. You took mm -hmm. the chance on yourself. Um, and I really, really want everyone to like know that they can do that too and you know right. these whether we like it or not like a lot of opportunities get you uh, more opportunities once you get the first one like th then your name is out there uh, right. which which is kind of what happened for you too d and so like you just need to like say it out into the universe i want to work on this kind of project. oh absolutely i want to write this kind of book yeah. yeah i believe so much in the power of just like manifesting things and just shooting your shot in a way like I used to be so afraid to shoot my shot because I'm like exactly what you said like am I worthy enough like who would even pay attention to me like with pitch words I was like there's I, I like, no one like no one knows me in publishing like I don't know anyone this is not gonna work out and I look back at myself in that moment I'm like wow if I had kept with that just one negative decision it would have, I wouldn't be here. Like I wouldn't be where I am today. And even with Kat, it's like that opportunity, like even though it didn't work out, mm -hmm. it's like, that was such a struggle for me when I was, when that project came to, to me. Cause I was like, do I want to do this? Like blood science still not done. Like, should I not mm -hmm. be focusing on blood sign? Like, why would you want to work on another project? You know, all this. And I had all these like mental battle with it. But in the end, I was just kind of like, you know what, go for it. Like, this is like a whole new project. It's a whole different opportunity. You don't know what could come from this. And again, like, even though it didn't work out, 
I still wouldn't even be here today because that led me to my agent, my former agent, and it led me to selling my product, like my debut. And it led me to even Jenny, like my new agent that I have today, who's just the most incredible person ever. Like it led me to her because from that initial reaching out to agents, I met Jenny. Mm-hmm. And I was able to reach out to her again, like when I was, you know, back in like searching for like an agent, I was able to reach out to her again because I'd already established that kind of like connection in a way with her. And I was able to send her my new ideas and my new projects and just see like, hey, is this something that you think, you know, we like you would be interested? Like, would you want to represent me for this? And everything worked out. So, yes, absolutely. I'm like a huge believer in the power of like manifesting things and just going for going for what you want and just not allowing negativity to to hinder that process for you, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I'm so happy that I'm so happy that, you know, um, you know, Blood Science is going to be your debut. I mean, the project that we talked about way back in the day was very interesting. Um, and I know mm-hmm. that you would have like done such a good job with it. But I think at the end of the day, like in hindsight, you know, I can see how Blood Science is like truly the debut that you deserved. So I'm Thank really, really you. So thank happy you. For you. Yeah. Thank well, you. I mean, Same. It, it's also easy for me to say because like I wouldn't have I, I when I ended up leaving that company before that project like took off, so I wouldn't have even been able to edit it. So whatever. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> me stopping? That's like no longer that we're like, you need to come back right now. <laughs> Gumi Young has a secret. She's a Gumiho, a shape-shifting nine-tailed fox that must hunt down men and devour their energy in order to live forever. No one in modern-day Seoul believes in the old tales anymore, which makes it the perfect place to hide and to hunt. But Myung's life is turned upside down when she saves the life of a human boy on Jihoon. And after Myung saves Jihoon's life, the two form a tenuous friendship that blooms into romance, setting them down a path that will soon force Myung to choose between her immortal life and Jihoon's. Wicked Fox and its companion novel Vicious Spirits finds inspiration in Korean mythology, culture, and K-dramas. Wicked Fox has been called a vibrant debut novel that employs Korean genre conventions for an utterly original take on the young adult fantasy by Entertainment Weekly and fresh and fast-paced by School Library Journal Review. Wicked Fox and Vicious Spirits are out now from Penguin Random House wherever books are sold. Okay, so... Like so, you do did mention that you had one agent. You sold your debut with them, and now you do have a new agent. And, um, you know, I we've had people tell the story of of you know finding a new agent, you know, when they're already like starting their career. But do you mind kind of like telling us your process? I know you kind of already said you'd reached out to Jenny before, but when you found yourself querying again, like, how did you? Yeah go about like trying to oh my god first of all leaving an agent is like the scariest like I I don't have kids but I I feel like this has to be the scariest thing that you could do because there's so much there's so much feelings that goes like that that goes into it um I remembered um it was when was it actually like last year 2020 I think it was 2020 but um last year was 2021 Oh man, last year. <laughs> Just FYI, everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> I have no idea when I left my agent then. 
I think it was 2020. I don't even know. Oh my goodness. But, oh my oh, goodness. Let's just say 2020. But I remember, um, you know, you the, the whole decision to leave an agent, it's not easy. And you're constantly just thinking, is this the right move? Like, what's going to happen once I leave? Like, am I going to be able to find another agent? Like, all of those thoughts, like, they all come together. And you're just, like, just swirling in, like, all these thoughts, like, day and night. It kept me up so much, but, you know, ultimately I knew that that was the right decision for me because, um, you know, you can at some point look and be like, what are the things that I want? And I think that's the beauty of being in this industry and growing in this industry is that when I first came in, the things that I wanted is very much different than the things that I want now, you know, like what I was searching for in an agent at the time when I came in, my former agent had everything. But um, as I'm returning in the industry and I'm learning more, I'm like, okay, there are things that like, I need. There are things that are very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I need to make sure that my partner, who, you know, your agent is your partner, um, has those things. So, um, you know, when I made the decision to leave, it was tough, but I did it. And I think after that, I remember just sort of like sitting down with this feeling like, okay, where do you go from here? But I, you know, I had like a few other people that had just gone through the same situation. So I was able to sort of like talk to them and just like get their opinion on like, okay, how to proceed and what to do next. And crazy enough, I don't want to say it's easy to find someone else, but all of those fears toss it out the window because I feel like you're looking at yourself and you're like, oh, like I'm not worthy. I'm not going to be able to get anyone else. This is never going to work out for me. I'm a failure in this industry. But then these agents are just like, no, you're not, you know, like you have a shiny new project and they are excited to work with you. So for me, um, when I reached out to, when I queried again, I had, I think, sent my query to three people. Um, very, very specific because I knew what project I wanted to work on next. So I was like, okay, who do I feel like is the best fit for me for this and moving forward and the idea of things I wanted to do. And Jenny was one of them. And I remember just, you know, emailing her. I was like, I, I really hope her email still works because it's been, <laughs> it's been some time. Um, but I, you know, queried her with um, two things I had. Like I had like a middle grade project and I had uh, adult projects. And so I just queried her with it. Um, and she responded and she was just like, hey, do you, would you like to get on the phone? Like, let's chat. And I was like, wait a minute, is this happening? Usually, you know, when they say like agents want to talk to you, it's all like, oh, like, you know, things are about to like work out, whatever. But I wasn't sure because I'm like, this is my second go at it. So I don't know, like, you know, maybe she wants to ask me about the project. Like maybe she just kind of wants to get a better feel of like where I'm at now. But um, we got on the phone. We spoke about, you know, Blood Sign. She was one of the people who read it, absolutely loved it. Um, We spoke about like my journey and just like these two projects, which one of them I was, you know, really interested in, I wanted to pursue, what she felt that she could bring to the table and everything just clicked, like everything aligned. Like, I feel like we spent more time laughing on the phone than even talking. And I was just like, okay, like this is, this is it for me. And you can kind of have that feeling in your, in your mind where you just know. And I just knew in that moment, like she was absolutely the person that I wanted to 
go on this next leg of my journey where and yeah and that was it like we've been it's just it's just been perfect since like that's honestly the best way I can describe it just perfect I love that it it can be really scary to to make that leap but I think that as you sort of um cross every sort of threshold things do become less scary because you experience it and you and what Kat was saying before like people know who you are like even if it's just from like a pitch wars announcement like it just makes it easier for you to to do things because when you're first starting to get your foot in the door it's like you have to let people know who you are and like if you're if you're like a legit person you're not going to be like horrible and like also can you write and like all these different things that you need to prove right um but once you sort of like accomplish something it's a lot easier for people to take a chance on you um I know it was scary for me to leave my first agent but yeah I got a new agent in like literally a week literally a week it was so fast um and obviously that's not to say that it's gonna happen that way for everybody but like you the more you learn in this industry the more you realize like you know if you're in here and you have something of worth other people are gonna see that sometimes one person won't but another person will and I'm really glad that things have worked out for you and you found someone that you really clicked with for people who have not uh, had a chance to look more into blood science and what it's about can you give us a quick synopsis Okay, I always just, I'm like, oh my god, don't ask me to describe this book because I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. You got to get used to yeah. it, though. It's so hard. I'm like, you know, you think you would know, but you just, you're just like, oh, okay. Anyways, okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, Blood Sign is a YA fantasy, uh, which is inspired by both my, you know, Yoruba Nigerian culture and very much like the war on children. The story follows a young girl named Sloane who um, on her 15th birthday gets drafted into this you know, military to um, fight against the people who are like killing her kind. Uh, in the same kind of frame, she's also like desperately searching for like information about her mom and like what happened to her mom. So she sort of like goes on this journey, joins the military, thinking she's going to discover the truth about what happened to her mom, but also take down the army from within. So we follow the, just the journey of this girl and just this rage that she has and all this anger that she has built in as she's trying to survive in the military, but also trying her best not to become the very monster that she hates. And yeah, I think that kind of sums up Blood Sign. That's good. I love that. Was a really good job. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. You know, it's um, it's really interesting because I obviously read a really early version of it through Pitch Wars, and and you know we edited it with you, but like that was still like the beginning of your journey. Um, and then I was lucky enough to be able to read an early reader copy, and I. The Clarabelle can tell you, I was like messaging Clarabelle being like, oh my gosh, you did this with the book. Oh my God. She did this. She did this. Oh my God. Like just, just like talking about, (laughs) talking about all the cool things that you did with it. Like, including like things that like I, that like the two of us, like never thought to like suggest that you would do. Um, I just like, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. you. 
Um, Honestly, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) You definitely did such a good job of creating a mood, you know, with the with the setting and with the emotions that Sloane has to go through. It's not easy, you know, because she's young, so young, and you're dealing with some pretty serious topics like like child soldiers and you know colonialism imperialism all that stuff um but but you create such a mood and an atmosphere and it really draws the reader in so i really hope a lot of people pick this up um obviously all (laughs) all our listeners are going to buy 20 prerequisite copies (laughs) they better yeah but yeah it's um such a such a beautifully done debut I'm, I'm really really proud of you thank you thank you so much it's you know I just want to say I'm, a, I'm gonna give you guys a shout out right now because <laughs> I feel like you don't know it but even like up until the very last point of like the developmental edits for this book I was constantly going to like your edit letter like oh gosh constantly. Wow. It's no like really and it's crazy because like, you know, Kat said, like, the stories evolved so much from, like, the, the, just the preliminary draft or whatever. But mm-hmm. a lot of, like, the things that you guys still pointed out, like, the military aspects of it, like, making it, you know, I remember we had this conversation on Skype, I think, like, way back when. And I was like, how dark can I go with this book? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how much can we push the boundary here? And I think... It was Clarabelle who was just like, as far as you want to go. Yeah, yeah, push it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you know, you're dealing with, like, topics that are very, like, just really tough. Like, mm-hmm. the whole idea behind the child soldier element, you know, um, at the time when I was writing it, like, these uh, kids had just been kidnapped, you know, from a school in Nigeria. And, like, there was this huge... Mm-hmm huge huge like this global campaign of like bring back our girls yeah, yeah and I remember being in school at the time and you know everyone was talking about it everyone and it was kind of like at some point in time that faded you know but me being Nigerian and me growing up in Nigeria I grew up in Nigeria until I was 12 years old when I came here like that stuck with me so mm-hmm. in writing that story, I'm like, I'm drawing from that. I'm drawing from like the idea of like these girls, these kids who were only just kids and are being forced into being like child brides. They're being forced into being child soldiers and suicide bombers. And I knew that I didn't want to romanticize any element of that. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, if we're going to write this, we're going to write it. It's not you know, I wouldn't say Blood Sign is a child soldier book by no means. It's but it's a story that's like inspired by it. And I think when you're tackling something that dark, you there's you know, there's a pressure to make sure that you're doing it justice. Mm-hmm. But there's also this need to make sure that if people are gonna come out of this book, you don't want them coming out of it talking about, oh yeah, like this book is all, you know fairies and dust and all these things like you you kind of want to shake some people a little bit and just rattle them a little I want you to feel uncomfortable coming Mm -hmm. out of the book because that's the that's the reality of it's a loose loosely based story of like the reality the hardship that like these kids are going through you know so that was very very important for me and I think just when I see people who you know message me like there's you know copies out there now and they're saying, yeah, like, I had to put the book down for, like, several, like, I had to put it down several times. Like, this book is, you know, hard. 
you know, at the end of the day, I want people to read my book, of course, you know, and I think that there's a lot more to the story than, you know, just those elements. But at the same time, it's a pat on my shoulder that, okay, you didn't mess this up, you know? Yeah. I think there's, you know, honestly, I think like what as writers, we are allowed to kind of like write in the moment like what what is really we're really passionate about like so if you want to write like a really deep scathing social commentary book about something this like this year and then next year you want to write a fluffy rom-com I think you're allowed (laughs) to do those things but I think (laughs) right yeah it's called range I think but the thing is is like you should if you decide you're going to do something you should commit to it right Um, especially something that's like, so that was so such a, uh, um, a a seminal moment for you growing up. Like it really stuck with you. It stayed with you obviously. Mm -hmm. And, and you want to do justice to your past self if for no one else. I think that that that's fair and that's really, really important. Um, and I'm, and I'm glad that like people are reading it in a way where they're like really, taking it seriously and they're like this is some this is some deep stuff it's a fantasy but like i we can't deny that like some of the like brutal things that happened during war are realities mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and yeah like it's not gonna be for everyone and that's you know that's like what fantasy is because it's like you can there's so much like there's a range to it and you can write you can you can do whatever you want with fantasy that's why i love writing fantasy um like you can you know write romance and write this and write that and it just all comes together in this like beautiful thing that you've written because you're putting a piece of yourself into these stories and like it's a labor of love in a way right um and it shows it it really does show in every book that you pick up like these authors have like They've, 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 you know, they really wrote this. Like, this is like a passion project. Um, but yeah, like, it's just kind of like, yeah, if you're going to pick up something, like there are times when you're going to read something that's like uncomfortable and, and that's okay, you know, and then you're going to read things that are also super fun and that's also okay, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it just comes down to your own taste in a way and what you're looking for at the time and that's why it's like yeah some people are gonna read it at a time when that's not what they want and that's that's fine you know but at the end of the day like I feel like even like in talking to like my editor like I was like you know for me what permeates like blood sign is like the hope you know the hope for like a better future and I do hope that you know despite all the brutality and all the horrors and everything it's like these girls, like, they didn't have, that hope was taken from them when these, you know, atrocities were, were committed on, on, on them when these things happened. But I I want to, in writing Blood Sign, like, that was something that was also important for me to kind of bring a little bit of, like, that humanity into the story and talk about the fact that, you know, situation of survival versus humanity, like, humanity always should always, like, you know, be, should always win and it will always win out, you know? So, yeah, that's, I'm excited. I'm excited for people to read it. And I hope they do love it. They will. Or they will. Clarabelle. Your your two aunties are here to yell at anyone who does not buy it and love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Um, 
so how uh, we kind of chatted before the podcast we started recording um but you know how has it been feeling going into debut year yeah i mean uh just kind of touching back on like that i think like i was saying before like, i feel like with debut like the you know the things that you've built up in your head are not always quite the same as like the realities of it and i think that's just that's everyone's experience right like I feel like everyone says that and that's because it's true. You know, we have these things that we hope for and these things that we imagine and then it's like things happen and sometimes you get some things and sometimes you don't and you just kind of have to roll with it. And I think that's sort of like where I've been at right now because debut is hard. Like I'm constantly texting my friends I'm like, y'all didn't prepare me enough. For this. <laughs> it's, like, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's great like I love to finally after 10 years have blood sign be done and I love the fact that the arcs are out there and people are reading it and you know they're loving it but at the same token I'm just like oh my god like this is this is crazy um but it's you know I feel like it's so important for me at least in my own opinion to go into things and have hope, but also be able to temper, like, I don't know, I feel like that's going to come out wrong, but just, like, be able to temper it a little bit. Like, I'm a huge dreamer. Like, I dream day and night. I love the idea of dreaming, and I, I encourage everyone to dream, and dream high and dream big, right? But I think when these things start to happen and you start to feel like, okay, some of like your dreams are not quite matching what's happening. It's so easy to fall into this hole, like this deep, dark hole of like berating yourself and, you know, just everything sucks and da 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 this. And it's just, you can go into that. And it's, I had to drag myself back out of that and be like, this is not healthy. This is not what your debut experience is going to be about. You're going to enjoy this moment. You're going to enjoy and live and enjoy the fact that this book, you finished it and it's going to be out there. You know, even if some things are not quite what you want them to be, just live in the moment and enjoy the process. And I think that's what I mean by like tempering it a little bit, making sure that the things that like these things, like even if they're not happening the way you want them to, don't get swallowed up by that negativity, you know? Cause I yeah. had to, I had to really do that for myself. Like I, my Christmas break was that, you know? Um, and so I think I'm just right now, like coming into like, you know, we're what a month and a half out from like the release date. I'm feeling a bit better. I'm looking at things and I'm looking at them through the lens of, okay, this is what's happening. This is what you're enjoying. You know, you get this opportunity to talk to these people. That's incredible. You know, like just, Love the good moments, I guess, is what I'm kind of choosing to do right now. As you should. I mean, it is really hard to muster that sort of like enthusiasm and reroute your expectations. But mm. so that's so much of publishing. That's so much of publishing, not just your debut year. Like yeah. that, that happens constantly. And like, that's why I always tell people, like, I think the number one trait you need to have in order to succeed in this industry is flexibility because if you're Absolutely. able to to change course to 
whatever it is you need to in that moment you're you're always going to do well because you're you're going to be able to adapt to whatever's thrown at you and there's a lot of curveballs both (laughs) good bad and in between and I mean I experienced the same thing you know I debuted at the very beginning of the pandemic and I definitely had to adjust my expectations but I made the most of it and I'm really glad I did because like despite how it's happening this is still a huge accomplishment and you want to look back on it with fond memories and like when I think of my debut like obviously yeah I think about like oh my god that was so stressful but I had so much fun I had such a fun night when um like the like the whole thing I have like good overall memories of it and I think that's what you want to strive for I agree I agree a thousand percent and I think it's important like you know, I have a group of like debut people that we talk about these things. And I just think that's so important. Like I want to be able to look back on these moments and, and relish in them and be excited and not look at it like, wow, you got swallowed up by the negativity and you, you know, didn't get to enjoy this. Like, I don't want to do that. I think I would kick myself if, if, if that was what I ended up doing, you know? Um, and, it's not to say that even like the the process hasn't been great because it's been it's a dream come true you know um like I'm grateful and I'm lucky and I'm excited for all the things all the great things that have happened but again I think it's just real life that you know as people and as as writers and we've been working on this project for years you know you have certain things that you dream of or certain expectations that you have and yeah it's definitely important to adjust them when the reality comes and hits you you know for sure definitely i think like you know the thing the unfortunate truth is that bad stuff happens you know when when you're organizing something as big as like a book launch or any big event but Mm -hmm. Do you want to, like, a year from now look back and think, like, all I did was complain and all I did was dwell on the bad stuff? Like, I don't think I don't think that'll be a good memory for you to have. So, you know, you can't control when things go wrong. You can't control when you don't get a certain kind of marketing or a certain kind of push or a certain kind of support. Um, So why waste your time dwelling on that? (laughs) Preach. Like, honestly, honestly, it's like, you know, nothing ever goes right at a wedding, right? But if the bride is just, like, complaining the whole time. I was late to my wedding, so I definitely agree. Yeah, like, you know, just have have fun. Like, it's it's your day. You know, you're supposed to be able to celebrate yourself. Absolutely. the, The act of publishing in and of itself is such a huge accomplishment. And I know that, like, we do this thing in this industry where when you retrieve achieve one milestone you immediately just start looking towards the next one oh yeah mm-hmm. but it's like um where was the where was the t- taking the time <laughs> to celebrate though like why aren't you yeah. doing that we should all be doing that <laughs> no i agree i think yeah honestly you touched up on that exactly because i think as authors we're constantly moving the goalpost you know mm-hmm. It's like the goalpost was here before, but look, I've achieved this. So now it's on to that. And it's yeah, just like, <laughs> it's like slow down, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning how to slow down. It's a, it's a work in progress, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And I'm really happy that you're focusing on the positive things right now and that you have connections in your, in your debut group. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Do, do you guys have like, excited? Uh, so excited for like a bunch of books coming out. Do you guys have like I, I know there's a website for the 22s. Do you guys have like a a a, a private group or a private chat? Yeah, I mean, I think. Listen, I I'm like I'm too much of a fob when it comes to these social things, but um. <laughs> I think there's a Slack. Is it called a Slack? I yes. Think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh my god. I will admit I haven't been on there in a while, but I think I think it exists. Um, but yeah, like I've been, I've just, been, I've been able to connect with like a bunch of them, and it's, it's, uh, every, like I feel like every year there's always this like amazing books that are coming out, and like being in like the 2022 group and like just seeing the other debuts that are coming out, it's like damn like everyone's bringing their a game but i've got a bunch of books i'm really excited to read um so yeah i'm looking forward to to this year i'm looking forward to the debut awesome yeah i'm really i'm always really glad when there's like a place for debuts to be able to meet each other like sometimes some of these groups get way too big and it's totally fair that like you don't want to talk to literally everyone in your debut group (laughs) but it's nice to just have that jumping off point right i agree yeah to like at least like be like oh this person has a book coming out and this person has a book coming out like let's just like let each other know that we exist in the same space right right (laughs) yeah yeah no it's great it's great I feel like too like you know um I got I feel like I'm someone who also like I don't know I get intimidated by like large groups Mm -hmm. so I try to just you know I'll introduce myself you know but I I feel like I thrive more in just like kind of getting to know someone on like a one-on-one level and just Mm -hmm. like you know talking to you forming like this like genuine like you know connection with you and just talking about our books I feel like you also get to kind of understand people better that way I don't know like I don't know if that's just me but um I get I get super intimidated about like large groups I'm just like oh my god like let me just (laughs) I I'm like I don't even know what to do but um when it comes to just kind of okay like I'm I I feel like I like this person's book like I've kind of been training myself and teaching myself that, hey, it's okay to reach out because that's something I'm also really, like, I get scared when it comes to reaching out to people. Like, I just, it's like a fear. But I've, like, slowly just been kind of getting myself out of that. Like, they won't bite you. It's okay. You can go. You can can talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, like, the reception has just been great. Like, I've gotten a chance to, like, you know, talk to, like, a lot of you know, people in my debut group and they've just been really incredible. So yeah. I'm glad. It's good for us to stick together, especially during these times. Oh yeah, absolutely. So uh, everyone who's on our podcast tells us th- their most embarrassing publishing related story or something they wish they'd known before they started. You could do either or you can do both. It's up to you. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I've been thinking about this like, since I got like you guys' email, I was like, oh my God, I've got a story, but I don't even know if I want to be on here sharing this story, but I'm going to share it. I'm going to say it. Um, okay, so um, this author, uh, Francine Pascal, I believe, uh, the Sweet Valley High author, mm-hmm. um, I was oh my god obsessed with those books when i when i first came to like when i moved to canada um i was volunteering at like a library and um the books were right there and i would just pick them up and start reading and i just became so so obsessed with these books and i think i these these are these books are old so on the back of like the book it will say like oh like you can reach out to the author and 
you know, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> you can reach out to the author and, you know, tell them about like, you know, how you feel or whatever. And I think a situation that happened in the book that I was so like, just upset about. Uh, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna start oh coughing. My <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe I just shared this story. <laughs> I said I was gonna take this story to the grave. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I expressed <laughs> I mean, oh my god, I can't even finish the story. You can I, do it. You um, can do it. I expressed my mind. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I just had to know <laughs> um, why she would go that route with one of the characters that I loved. Um, yeah, and I really do hope because, I mean, these books are old. I think, I don't know, like these books are like what, from the 1980s or 1990s? Yeah, they're, old. Really, they're, like, yeah. they're old, yeah. I yeah. hope that that message just died in like the pits of like so many emails. oh my goodness and I'm not gonna run into her one day she's gonna be like I remember that message oh, yeah. <laughs> anything of what you said like <laughs> honestly I I was I was more so I mean I was 12 so oh, okay. I was just very much okay. like yeah you're allowed heavy. <laughs> but a character in the book I died and it oh. really broke like it really broke me they, they, they had like an earthquake in like California in this book and like one of the characters that died and her boyfriend was like having such a hard time with it and I was also having a hard time with it so I just needed to express that I was having a hard time with the death of this character um, oh but yeah I mean I also did cap it off with I want to be a writer one day and if oh. you have any tips for me let me know <laughs> Oh no! And Francine didn't that is message you back. Didn't mail you back. No, no, because I mean these books are old, so I don't even think. I mean, I I, I want to hope and believe that they didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it said respond with your response, and I responded with my response. It's probably like a marketing intern at her publisher got that letter. <laughs> Because I, I just heard um, this this new like Gossip Girl remake. Uh, they said they're bringing Sweet Valley High back. Oh yes, and they are. Like, ah, like I'm really excited about that. But yeah, I mean, hopefully if Francine Pascal is out there, I hope she didn't get a message from Deborah Fly. So. Listen, you were twelve. And <laughs> yeah, she's on Twitter. And you can ask her. Oh my god, can you imagine? She's at Francine Pascal underscore. I just found her and she tweeted as early as last week. So she's on there. You can ask her now why she killed that character. You can finally get your answer. (laughs) Oh my god. I mean, I I I do want I, I I get it. Like, you know, you're writing like as writers now, like, you know, you kill off people in the book and People get upset and whatever, and you're just like, it was the right move. But um, so I guess now, like looking back as like as a writer, I understood why. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. do I do I understand? I mean, no, I think I'm still salty over it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to go through that pain as a child. Um, <laughs> well, twelve is a is a precious age. Like, 
I, you know, the things we read at that age can really impact us. So. <laughs> oh, for sure. I remember, oh, like, God. I was really upset because I, like, well, I had watched Selena, the movie, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get over it. I just, <laughs> it was just, like, really upsetting at, at that age, like, when you're mm-hmm. that young, you know, like, yeah. too much. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> Dee, thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having time. me. This is great. I, I'm so happy that we got to connect because I feel like the last the last phone call we had, like, you know, around picture was like we were like laughing for days. Like it was great. <laughs> so I'm happy that we're still able to do that. Like of and it course. means a lot. But I can't thank you guys. I'm just gonna say that. I can't thank you guys enough because I feel like every time I talk to you guys. It's constantly like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm like, please don't be sick of the thank yous because it really, I like, it just means a lot to me. Like, you guys really have no idea how much, how integral you were to this journey. And I will forever be grateful just to have that. So thank you again, just for everything. You you would have done it with or without us. So thank you for trusting us with your words. It's like our it's like an honor for me to be able to be even the smallest part of your journey. I'm just really excited to see what happens with you and thank your books. You. And if there's a movie, I want a premiere invite. That's all oh, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, just, I, I understand you you're married. <laughs> like like I just I would like to pitch the fact that like Clarabelle and I were technically more involved in the creation of the story than your husband. So, like, we <laughs> should get invited to the movie premiere. What? It's true, right? He's like, no, he tells me because, uh, I mean, I'm going to have to give him a little shout out. But he, you know, he came up with the ending of the book. So he's just like, yeah, you know I came up with the ending of this book, right? You know I came up with the ending of this book. So whatever is going on here... <laughs> I'm a part of it. And I was just like, okay, fine. You are a part of it. He's going to be very happy when he watches this and he sees that I have officially announced that he came up with the ending of the book. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I still think, I still think that we, we deserve movie premiere tickets. I feel like I'm going to just give everyone the movie ticket and I'm going to just stay home and have y'all have fun. How about that? <laughs> Can you imagine? um can you let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet oh my god okay yeah so i'm i'm on twitter i'm barely on twitter actually but i i do come on twitter um for updates uh d i'm still trying to change it to deborah fly but i think someone's got that anyways um and i'm definitely on instagram at deborah fly and i sometimes go on tiktok uh, still at Deborah Fly, so yeah, that's that's all the places you can find me, but mostly on Instagram, mostly on. Instagram. Well, th- okay. thanks again for being on the podcast, and best of luck with your book. Everybody, oh, go follow D you. and uh, pre-order the book. Pre-order it right now, yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Like this is great. I'm forever honored to just have met you guys, and thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for inviting me to ride a die because I've just wa- I've been wanting to do this like for years. So <laughs> oh, yay! I'm yay. so happy to have gotten the opportunity to do this. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Ride or Die. Be sure to check out Wicked Fox by Cat Cho and Ghost Squad by Clarabel A. Ortega. 
And while you're at it, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. See you next time, Wordies. And don't forget to spread the word.